And so tonight I want to take the time to talk about the second line of the prophecy, which is I have already opened up gates and released supernatural power for you. Uh, I have already opened up gates and released supernatural power for you. And that's the second line of the prophecy. So tonight's message is going to uh, be centered around that part of the prophecy. But let us pray and let's get started. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to sit together uh, and hear your word. I pray that your word will flow through me freely and clearly so that people may hear and understand. And I thank you that the word will be planted into our heart, which will be good ground, which will bring forth fruit in this season so that your work your kingdom may be manifest all upon this earth. I thank you that we, our time is now, Father, as children of the children of God, and that we arise and shine, and that we take our righteous place as children of God, so that the earth may rejoice. I thank you that there is not, nothing missing or nothing broken in the life of anyone that's hearing my voice, Father. And I thank you that we will be better after having heard the word. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right. All right, look, I don't got my watch on tonight, so it's, we're nine minutes in. All right, so so tonight we're going to be talking about I have already opened up gates and released supernatural power for you. Uh, this sentence of the prophecy has stood out to me as I read it over and over the last couple of weeks. Uh, each time I read it, I would see doors opening, you know, like, yeah, I have already opened up doors. So I see doors open. And at first I saw doors open to like new jobs and, and better lifestyles and increase and improvement. Right. But however, as I continue to look at that over and over again, I begin to see a new perspective, because if you define that word door. All right. That word door means something usually swinging or sliding a barrier. All right. And, and hold that word there. Barrier by which an entry is closed and open. And so in the essence of it, a door serves as a barrier. And some of you have experienced barriers or locked doors in your body. So sickness in your family, generational curses on your jobs, lack of promotion in your mind, depression and anxiety and, and all those things in your soul, your mind, your will, your imagination, your emotion, and your intellect. Those things have been locked down. There have been barriers because God says that I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. God says that he'll give you peace. God says that he will give you joy. God says that he'll give you uh, uh, bliss in your marriage. God says that he'll take care of you and, and prosper you. But you're not seeing those things. And the reason that many times you're not seeing those things is because you have a door. You have a barrier. And so open doors, when we read this part of the uh, of the prophecy, open doors just isn't about going into something, but open doors is about coming out of something as well. And for, for many, this year maybe this year would be the year you come out of addiction, the year that you come out of broken marriage, the year you come out of uh, poor relationships, the year you come out of that job you've been on, the year you come out of depression, lack, and insufficiency. And so so, so because you got to understand the doors are simply barriers and where somebody may be walking into something, somebody else may be coming out of. And so this is a year that we will be able to do both. I, you will be walking into the goodness of God while coming out of everything that does not look like God. And so we got to understand that that's what God is talking to us about, that I have opened up gates. So things that once held you bound, 
they're broken. Things that once held you back is broken. Sickness is broken. Insufficiency is broken. Lack is broken. All those things are broken. Well, God, I could never, I kept hitting the ceiling when I'm trying to get that job. That's broken. The door is open for you. You can come out. Because when, when people are kidnapped, guess what they're kept behind? They're kept behind doors. And those doors are open. Hear me, you use a door to walk into a place, but you also use that door to walk out of it. Some of you guys are in relationships and the Lord told you that's an open door. I mean, walk up out of it. Get rid of that. Get rid of the dude. Get rid of the girl. Whatever it is. Why? Because it's not serving you for kingdom purpose. And uh, that's what we got to understand. I'm going to be, I'm trying to be quick tonight, but I'm going to read through a couple of scriptures that help you walk through what this looks like for your life. All right. Let's run over the Acts 12, 1 and 10. Uh, we walk in and out of doors. That, that's exactly right, Tiffany. We walk in and out of doors. So where, so I, my prayer this year is that each of us walk out of things that are do not align to the kingdom while we walk into things that God has uh, prepared for us to have already. And so we got to walk in and out of, all right, in and out of. And I love Acts 12 because, now I'll just read it all to you. I was going to summarize it, but I want you to see it and then we'll kind of summarize it. It says, about that time, Herod, the king stretched forth his hands to afflict and oppress and torment some who belonged to the church. He said that he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it was pleasing to the Jews, he proceeded farther and arrested Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread, the Passover week. All right. Look at verse four. And it says, and when he had seized Peter, he put him in a prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers of four each to guard or 16 soldiers to guard him purposing after the Passover to bring him forth to the people because he's going to kill him. So in verse five, it says, so Peter was kept in a prison in case you didn't get it, but fervent prayer. Oh man, you underline that in your Bible, but fervent, fervent prayer for him was persistently made to God by the church. Y'all go ahead and uh, put in the comments. Lord, we thank you for our intercessory team at FOC. Because you don't you you about to see in verses six through twelve what inter, six through ten what intercession does for, for for the believer what intercession does for the life of Peter. So it says so Peter was kept in prison. He was being guarded by sixteen people, sixteen guards. And verse six it says the very night before Herod was about to bring him forth. So the night before he was about to die, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers fastened with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding him. So he was behind multiple doors that were being guarded. Verse seven says, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared standing beside him and that light shone in the place where he was. And the angel gently smote Peter on the side and awakened him saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, tighten your belt and bind on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your outer garment around you and follow me. And Peter went along following him. And he was not conscious that what was apparently being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed through the first guard and then the second guard, they came to the iron gate, which leads into the city. Of his own accord, look what happened to the gate. It swung open. 
And they went out and passed on through one street, and at once the angel left them. All right, so what do we got here? We got Peter, and Peter is locked up. Herod has killed James, the brother of John, and he saw that the crowd liked it, so he snatched up Peter. And Peter's locked up. They put him uh, behind multiple doors and with 16 guards. And, about, and what happens is you find Peter uh, sleep. He sleep, y'all. Uh, see, most of us, if we knew that we we're going to die the next day, there wouldn't be any sleeping. We'll be up all night fretting. We'll be all weary. We'll be all these things. But a quick takeaway is this. Peter will sleep. Tell your neighbor, it's okay to sleep. See, Peter was about to die tomorrow, but he slept anyway. Because it, it, Peter understood about casting his cares. Peter understood about not worrying about anything, but praying about everything and telling God what he needs, right? Peter understood that. It was like, why? It's okay to sleep. See, some of you up all night worrying about your problems. The indication of that anxiety is that you haven't given it over to God yet. It's okay to sleep. I told some people today, I was like, look, there are some crazy things going on and people may think such and such of me, blah, 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 about some decision making. But you know what I'm going to do well at night? I'm going to sleep. Because at the end of the day, me staying up wearing won't change the outcome. You stand weary doesn't change outcomes. Faith does. So Peter said, look, all I'm going to do, I'm going to find myself asleep. So Peter was asleep. And as he was sleeping between the, between the two guards, an angel showed up. Peter was sleeping so much that the scripture said the angel had to poke him in the side to wake him up. That's that good sleep. And he was like, hey, Peter, get up. Hey, Peter, get up. And, and the Bible says that Peter got up. Uh, and when he got up, it says suddenly the angel appeared. He smote Peter on the side and got up and the chains fell off his hands. What you got to understand and some quick takeaways before we get back to the message. Number one, it's okay to sleep during stressful times. Number two, you got to do what is said without considering what you observe. You got to do what he said without considering what you observe. So when the angel told Peter to get up, Peter didn't say, but don't you see I'm chained? Don't you see these guards? Don't you see these sentries? Don't you see these gates? The Bible says that he told him to get up and chains fell off. And so through our obedience, it's going to break away so many things if you just do what you told without considering what you observe with your natural eye. And so he just jumped up. And as he jumped up, and the, you got to understand that when you obey God, you can expect the supernatural. You can expect things to happen. And I love it because uh, this goes back to the first part of uh, the message, which means hold on to the word that he told you. The fourth thing you got to understand that occurred with Peter was that Peter didn't get in a rush. He didn't go in panic. The Bible actually said the angel told Peter to do this. He says in verse eight, and he said to Peter, Tighten your belt and put on your shoes. He said, tighten your belt, put on your shoes. And he did it. And he says, put on your coat too. And then he said, follow me. See, in the midst of adversity, in the midst of prison, in the midst of being captured, in the midst of having a door closed, the angel came in and told woke Peter up because Peter was sleeping. But Peter was sleeping because, look, he already understood his faith, but he also had the intercessory prayer team praying for him. And so he's there. He's asleep. He's waking. And nobody's in a rush. 
Because whatever the Lord is about to do, them guards couldn't stop it anyway. Whatever the Lord told you was going to happen, time can't stop it. The bank can't stop it. You, you, I mean, your job can't stop it. The economy can't stop it. You don't got to be in a panic investing in everything that you see coming because God told you this is your year to be a millionaire. No, don't be in a rush. Don't be in a panic. You just follow the voice of the Lord. So he got dressed, fully dressed. And guess what? They're still in the presence of the guards. They ain't out the prison yet. And so even in the midst of the fire, even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of the bad night diagnosis, even in the midst of the poor economical situation, I will not panic and neither will I get on in a rush. Why? Because God's word will see me through. And so he says, now, after you fully dressed, he says, walk with me. Walk with me. And as he walked with them, the Bible says in verse 10, they 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 left out the they left out of the prison. They left out of there um, and, and did those things. Yeah, let me walk with you, right? That goes right back to the prophecy, the God in word. It says, let me walk, walk with you ahead of you. He says, and then they came to the big gate. Here's what I want you to know. Don't let large gates scare you. Keep following God. Because as they approached the gate, guess what happened to the gate? It came open. And so what Peter experienced then is what the guiding word says we will experience now. Open gates and supernatural power. Peter experienced that. That second sentence was about Peter coming out of something. He was in prison. And the question is, what has you imprisoned? Is it, is it your mindset about money? Is your confidence about your identity in Christ? Is it your ability to start the business that God told you to start? Is it the diagnosis that the doctor gave you? Is it the fact that your kids are showing up obedient or they're not lining up with the thing that God has told you that they should look like? What are you concerned about that's a door, that's a barrier that's imprisoning you? Because what the word has told you is this, that he has opened up doors and provided supernatural power for you to come out of. And so <clears throat> that story explains exactly how that occurred for Peter, but it's also how it's going to occur to all those who choose to believe. It says, Herod, though he had shut the door, but there isn't a, Herod had thought he shut the door. Herod thought he had trapped Peter. Herod thought it was done. He was about to kill him tomorrow. But please understand this. There is no door that man shut that God can't open. There's no door that man shuts that God can't open. I don't care if they wouldn't give you a raise. I don't care if the, everybody in your family been depressed. I don't care if everybody marriage in your family ended in divorce. I don't care if nobody ever owned a home in your family. It does not matter because no door that has been closed to you cannot stay closed if God called to be open. Where does it say that in the scripture? I'm glad you asked. Revelation 3 and 7 basically says this. And to the angel, the assembly of church in Philadelphia writes, these are the words of the holy one, the true one, he who has the key of David, who opens and no one will what? Shut and who shuts and no one shall open. There isn't a door that God has called you to walk through that any man can shut. So don't you get concerned about a no, baby. That no is just not your door. That no may not be your door, but the door is not closed, but that may not be your pathway. If you go to 
many stores that have many exits and there are many entrances. And so if you go to, let's say you go to uh, your favorite uh, box store and, and the main entrance is closed, do you just say, oh, I'm not going into the store? No, you don't like let denial through one entrance cause you not to access what you came to get. So why are you letting in the spiritual a no from a bank, a no from a man, a no from a woman, a no from about a promotion, a no about a diagnosis to stop you from understanding that a no does not eliminate your access? Why? Because if God has opened the door, like the God and word has said, like the word has said, nobody can close that. The problem is you don't want to be steadfast. You don't want to be immovable. You don't want to exercise faith and walk the extra, dis extra distance to access the other entrance. See, sometimes those no's are maturing you. Those no's are growing your patience. Their no's are growing your, they're growing your character. Those no's are maturing you. And the Bible says if you let patience have her perfect work, you'll be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. But see, if I come to the first door and they told me, oh, Ralph, I, we can't do nothing for you. Your credit score is not high enough. And then you came to the second bank and they said, well, your credit score good, but you don't got enough deposit. And then you went to the third bank. A lot of times if you just stop and ask God, right? Because any man that's in faith can expect what? They can expect a plan of action. God, what bank should I go to? Doing it the way God asks you to do it will also eliminate a lot of no's. It will eliminate a lot of no's. So in 2023, I'm walking into what I was once shut out of. In 2023, you got to understand that you have the opportunity to walk into what was once you were shut out of, shut out by your own thinking, shut out by somebody's words, shut out by somebody's lack of presence in your life, shut out because you couldn't think you could have a uh, be married because you had you was divorced, shut out because you didn't think you could uh, get the job because you didn't have the degree, shut out because you didn't think you could have a good marriage because your spouse looked crazy and you were too, shut out because all those things. If you just focus on what the word says, then you'll experience what God has said. Why? Because you got to understand when God said that he would open door, he is not doing that quietly. He is going to forcefully cause things to happen on your behalf. We used to say this all the time. Something's always good. Something's, all, something's always happening on my behalf. God's favor is always going before me. And we were just confessing that. Everywhere I go, God's favor precedes me. Everywhere I go, God's favor precedes me. Why? Because in every situation, uh, I'm expecting God to cause people to show me favor. That's an open door. That's an open door. When you go to the bank and somebody give you a loan and they said, I don't know why I'm doing this. You don't even qualify. Your credit score is, uh, my. I'm 70 years old. My credit score, my age is higher than your credit score. Uh, uh, I mean, it's that bad, but it's like, I just feel like. That ain't no feel like, baby. That's favor moving on your behalf. God's open, God will cause open doors to occur on your behalf because he will send favor to that place before you go. That's why it's important to always know where to go. You're like, well, God, I always go get gas over here at this gas station. But you got that unction to go somewhere else. Follow, always follow God because following God will always cause you to walk into his favor.
And so this is a year open door. This is a year of supernatural blessing. This is a year of walking into things. And this is a year of walking out of things. We want to walk out of everything that's not kingdom uh, aligned. It doesn't line up with God's character. And it doesn't line up with God's way of thinking. And it doesn't line up with God's way of doing. But we want to walk into everything that God has prepared for us when he says, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, right? He thoughts of a hope and a future to give you an expected end. That's what we're walking into. But if we allow our minds to create doors and barriers in our head that don't actually exist in reality, what we'll do, because Peter could have woke up and said, oh, I can't go nowhere. I'm chained. He didn't. He just woke up and he, he did not care about what he observed. So what you got to do in 2023 is not allow your soul man to talk you out of walking through the door that God has already opened for you because it looks like it's closed. I'm not sure if you guys have ever went to a, a store before, but sometimes, uh, well, let me keep going. We'll get there. It says, so God will open doors. He has opened doors and he has poured out his supernatural power on us. That's what the word says. Now, as I was also reading this, I'm like, okay, God, that's good. You've shown me that in Bible where you've opened the door for somebody. You showed me how the angel showed up. You showed me how you supernaturally broken these things. Like, where is all of this coming from? Where make a connection for me? He says, Ralph, I am the Lord who breaks. I'm the breaker. And y'all, I'm not sure if y'all remember, I think it was pre-COVID when Pastor Shun taught that message uh, over in Micah too. And I want to go back to there because some of you guys, I want to let you know who you're serving because some of you see those doors and you're like, no, them doors are never open. No, I don't, I can't see that happening. Oh, I'm not, I'm not sure about that because this has been in my, my family for generations and generations. And, and because of the ancient gates that you have seen in your family's lineage, you don't think that they could be open. But let me tell you about the God that we serve in Micah 2. In Micah 2, it says this. It says, I will surely assemble all of you, Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep in the fold, like a flock in the midst of its pasture. They will be noisy with men. All right. But here it is. The breaker goes up before them. They break out pass through the gate and go out by it. So their king, hallelujah, goes on before them and the Lord at their head. In other words, let, will you let me walk with you? He says, look, I'm going to bring you all together. All right. And I'm the breaker. That is who I am. I am going to go up before you. You're going to be able to break out and pass through the gate and then you just follow me as I break through everything for you. I love it what it says in the message. It says Micah 2, 13, and the message says this way. Then I, God, will burst all confinements, hallelujah, and lead them out into the open. No more closed doors. No more closure. No more confinement. He says, I will burst all confinement and lead them into the open. They'll follow their king. And I will be glory. I will be out in front leading them. God said, look, I know you see that ancient gate. I know you see those generational curses. I know you see those things that's been in your family's lineage for a long time. But baby, in 2023, 
I will burst all confinements. No more closed doors. No more limitations. And see, you, let's define that word confine real quick. That word confine means to keep or restrict someone or something within certain limits of space, scope, quantity, or time. So now let's go back and reread that scripture with the definition of confinement. It says, then I, God, will burst all means to keep you restricted. God will burst all means to keep you within limits. God will burst all means to keep you to a certain space, a certain scope, a certain quantity, and a certain time. God says, even time can't stop you from getting what I want you to have. Even quantities ain't big enough or small enough to, for you to get what I have. He says, nothing can confine you because I have burst all confinements. So God, our breaker, has destroyed every single limit, any limit you can think of. Well, uh, I don't got a degree. That, that's a limit. God's already broke that. That's a limit. God's already broke that. Uh, well, well, God, I, I, I'm black. And God's already broke that. Well, I don't got enough money. You don't, but your father do. I already broke that. See, kids get it. Kids get it. When Ava's with me, going, especially Ava, because she's daddy's baby. When she's with me, Ava's not looking to use what she has when her father's around. All she do is ask her daddy. And see, some of us have gotten into, to the point where we'll look more independent than we should be. See, you work a job and you can rub two coins together and you can create a little budget here and there and you can do a few things. And so you think you can take care of that when the whole time God, your father, is wanting to take care of it for you. Uh, I saw, uh, I think it was Chandra or somebody was posting about their father. Like, like we talking about 45, we talking about older people, all right? Uh, but when they come around their father, their father told them, well, you, when you with your daddy, you don't buy it. You don't got to buy anything unless you want to spend your own money. And see, we serve a father that when we are with our father and doing the thing that our father does, it brings him good pleasure to take care of us. But see, your, your earthly relationships with fathers have caused you to create this limiting scope of what a good daddy looks like. See, a good daddy isn't limited to do things for you based solely on your behavior. A good daddy isn't limited to do, because even if you misbehave, I still got to feed you. Even if you misbehave, I still got to clothe you. Even if you misbehave, I still got to put shelter over you. Even if you misbehave, I'm going to buy them school pictures. So, so, I mean, so the enemy is trying to get you to understand, to believe that you're now, hold on. Obedience is important. Don't, don't miss what I'm saying. But don't let the enemy cause condemnation to cause you not to be able to receive. Because here's the thing. Jesus already died for all of that. However, let's go back to that. Obedience is always the way to the Father's heart and his provision. So my kids don't get to go to school, make else, come home, don't clean up their room, and expect the best from me. Why? Your job easy. I pay for everything around here. The least you're going to do is go to school and make your grade and not cause the teachers no problem. 
you're going to come home and pick up your own socks and all that. That's part of the uh, family. And so obedience gets you the best of what the father has to offer. But just being in the family gets you uh, your basics. And so what we got to understand is, do you want to live 2023 just being in a family, getting the basics? Is that all you want? Because as a, and that's why I tell the boys all the time. I said, I said, I said, I said, hey, they're like, sometimes I buy Ava something. They're like, where mine? Where is yours? This is a gift because she shows gratitude. This is a gift because she did what I needed to. This is a gift because she saw something in the house that needed to be fixed. And she didn't ask a thousand people and bother me to fix it. She just said, as a five-year-old, daddy don't like that, so I'm going to get it done. And see, so many times you want promotion. You can't get promotion when you see things broken, don't fix it. You, you don't got to have God's permission to pick up the toilet paper, the, the trash off the uh, church parking lot. You don't got to have God's permission to see something at, at, at your job out of place and you got the ability and the means to fix it and you don't. See, a lot of times, but but see when it's, but you don't want to ask God when it's time, when, when you saw Boo and he everything on your list and now you want to go after that, right? See, that's your flesh. We're drawn away by the lust of our own flesh. Oh, but if God, would it be the lust after God's heart? What it would it be to, to, to want to fulfill the, the Father, the kingdom? What it would it be to want to say that I'm called a fellowship of champions and want to do the things that's needed to make sure fellowship of champions is taken care of? See, those are the things you want to go after. That's right, Everett. Take the cart back to the store. Like, that's a simple one. Excellence. Pastor Evan used to teach on excellence all the time. If you were a shopper and you used the cart at the store and you finished using the cart and you look around and one of those cart bins ain't close and you say to yourself, oh, I don't feel like taking this back. That ain't excellence. That's not the heart of God. God ain't out here just leaving stuff all over folks' parking lots. I ain't even get distracted by y'all, but yes, Pastor Chris, you know that mustard don't go there. You got that mustard, and, and now you on the candy aisle. You're like, oh, I don't want this mustard. And you just stick it on the candy aisle. That's not excellence. And, and what you got to understand, all of those things matter when we're talking about the character of God. Because the Bible says a little leaven, leaven's the leaven, or oh, I messed that up all the time. A little leaven make the whole cake rise. Let's just say it that way. All right. And so what happens is you let mediocrity enter your life in one area and then you think you can control it. But mediocrity is never satisfied with just a portion. It wants the whole thing. And so what it cause you to do is begin to cause mediocrity in other areas of your life. And though God is a breaker and though God has destroyed all limits, you then put confinements on his ability because you like the people when he went back home to preach. He was able to do little works because of what? Their unbelief, their unwillingness to get involved and to take God serious. And so what you got to do is that everything you do is a seed. And the question is, what kind of harvest you bring it? All right, let's let's get back to where we are. But God, so God has broken through space for you. 
God says this isn't new to hold. He's not new. So God has held the sun in the sky so somebody could win a war. God has divided bodies of water so that the children of Israel could walk through. God has caused rivers to flow in deserts. God has caused time travel when a woman was at, at the uh, table and she's like, even if dogs eat from the king's table and supersede time. God has all already caused those. We got scripture evidence that there is no confinement to scope to space, to quantity, or time. When the children of Israel, I mean, when, when they were out there, when he was out there preaching and he told them to go get feed the people, he was like, God, where are we supposed to get food from? And the little boy came through with the little fish and the loaves. The quantity didn't match what needed to happen, but he brought what he had and he looked to heaven. You remember the first message of the new year? I taught was what? Eyes up, right? He looked to heaven and, and, and when he looked at heaven, the quantity that he brought didn't matter, but heaven multiplied. And see, you so many times, you're looking at the quantity that you bring in. That ain't the quantity that matters. The quantity that matters is what heaven has. And so every time I look at what heaven has, I understand that the breaker has gone before me. He has burst off confinement and heaven has never been in a shortage. So I'm never without. But the problem, and just like Peter, Peter didn't jump up and them chains broke. And he's like, oh, angel, I can't go nowhere. I'm bound. He simply did what he heard. He simply did what he heard. And so let me give you an example, because, you know, I'm a visual person. All right. As we're talking about God, the breaker, right? He'll break through. He'll burst all confinements. I was watching TV the other day and it was talking about Russia and Russia has these specialized nuclear ships that are designed to break ice. And you got to understand in order to get cargo through the northern passageway uh, of the Arctic Sea, uh, it's impossible. It's, it's not possible and it's not passable. It, and so what has to happen is they need something to break through. Because you got to understand the ice in the sea, the Arctic Sea, on average is 8.2 feet thick. So if you don't, for visual, for my non-mathematical measurement people, look at your door frame. That's about how thick the ice is uh, at uh, the Arctic Sea. And so there's a pathway that would make things faster for Russia if they could get through there's a pathway that will make things more efficient and make things better for them, but they got to get through. So Russia said, okay, cool. This is what we do. We build nuclear breaker ships. And these nuclear, nuclear breaker ships, the purpose of these ships is to go before all the cargo ships to break up the ice and make the route two things, possible and passable. Possible and passable. The breaker has made your way possible and passable. So the Lord is your nuclear breaker. He has made your way possible and passable. Why those two words, Pastor Ralph? That word possible means this, able to be done within your capacity or, or power, able to be done within your power or your capacity. That word passable means clear of obstacles and able to be traveled. 
And so when we're saying the Lord is our breaker, when we're saying God is a God of, that has opened doors and poured out his supernatural power, this is what we're saying. The breaker makes it able, number one, he makes it able to be done within your capacity. And then he clears away the obstacles. So it's both possible to be wealthy and it's passable because he's taking care of the obstacles. See, he's made it possible. He has made a way and then he made that way passable for you. And so no matter who you are, baby, because God is going before you, it is both possible for you to experience his best and it's passable. That means you are clear of obstacles. The roadway is ready to be traveled and you have all ability. That's why he says, I will give you pour out my supernatural power. What is that? His super on top of your natural gives you the ability to do what you couldn't do on your own. So he says, look, Ralph, I, ha I have opened the door. I've made it possible for you, son. He says, but now I'm going to make it passable. Jesus made it possible when he went on the cross and hung his hands up high. Jesus made it possible. He made it able to be done. He took away the punishment of all of our sin. He took away the consequence of our iniquities. He took all those things away. He made it possible. And the Holy Spirit makes it passable. He downloads the knowledge of God and tells us where his secrets are hidden. He gives us, he clears our pathway of obstacles so that we may make it into what God has told us that we can have. Jesus made it possible and the Holy Spirit makes it passable. I'm able to travel because the Holy Spirit is like my GPS. It tells me where I need to go. And so the open door that Pastor Evan told us about in the guiding word, that open door and that supernatural power is to give us the ability to follow after the breaker. So in Russia, they send those cargo ships along that northern route. It takes half the time. See, there's some things that you thought that was going to take a lot of time, but baby, the breaker has gone before you. It's going to take less time. You're going to be, Pastor Evan talked the other few years ago, uh, alignment, um, God, agreement, alignment, advancement. We ain't talking about acceleration. We're talking about advancement. We're talking about time lapse. See, when the breaker goes before you, he smooths the way. He makes it possible and he makes it passable. So not only can it be done, but it has been cleared of all obstacles so I can simply walk through. That's what happened to Peter. Peter walked through. You did understand that he was asleep between two guards. He was chained with two sets of chains. He was bound by all ways that, uh, that uh, the king had him bound. And he thought that he was behind multiple doors. He thought that he had Peter stuck. But he didn't know about God the breaker. He didn't know how he will, he will, uh, God will make it possible and passable. He sent the angel and said, Hey, Peter, time to get up. And if you go back to that scripture, I think it's around verse nine or 10, it says, Peter came to himself. See, Peter, all this time when he was walking through the prison, when the angel was opening up those things, he thought he was dreaming. Baby, you're going to go to sleep. And you're going to wake up 
and you're going to realize that you're in freedom. The Bible said, oh, let me go back and read that for you. I don't want you to just take my word for it. Let me go back. Then Peter came to himself and said, now I really know, I'm sure that the Lord has sent his angel. He came to himself. See, there are going to be times in your obedience to God because your obedience is going to become so real to you that you're all you're going to do is find yourself obeying the king, serving at the pleasure of the king. And before you know it, you're going to come to yourself and realize you in the house you always dreamed of. You're going to come to yourself and realize that you cancer free. You're going to come to yourself and you realize that you're out of debt. You're going to come to yourself and you're going to realize your marriage is better than it ever has been in your life. Because as he obeyed God, he came to realize. He came to himself. So you're going to go to bed one way, but you're going to wake up another. He's going to come to himself. Because look, all he was doing subconsciously while he was asleep was living out the dream that he had in his head. But the Bible says he came to himself. But when you come to yourself, what's going to happen? It's going to impact other people. I didn't put it in there, I don't think. But in verse 11, I mean, verse 12, it says, when he at a glance became aware of this, comprehending all the elements of the case, he went to the house of Mary. Oh, I did cut it off. So he goes to the house of Mary and he go knock on the door. The maid come to the door and then she like, who is it? He like, it's Peter. And she runs away and didn't even open the door for him because she's so excited and so like, wow, that no, Peter is in prison. Peter about to die tomorrow. But no, Peter knocking on the door. So Peter's ability to obey God Peter's ability to walk through and follow after the, the breaker. Peter's ability to let God walk with him, right? To go through the gate that God already opened, gave him the ability now to be knocking on the door. And, and, and it caused everybody in that house faith to come alive. They began to rejoice. But let's go back to FOC intercessory team. They saw what they had already seen. They, 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 they got to see what they've already seen. So as that intercessory team, I think it was around verse five, it says, uh, so Peter was kept in prison, but fervent prayer for him was persistently made to God by the church, by the assembly. See, they never stopped praying. See, the enemy's trying to get you to observe your circumstances to get you to stop praying. He's trying to get you to observe the wind to get you to stop praying. He's trying to get you to observe the storm to get you to stop praying. Because if he can get you to stop praying, he can cause you not to inherit what your father has already made possible and passable on your behalf. See, we got to go. Let's go to Psalms 27, 24, 9 and 10. It's hotter here. It says, open up, you ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the king of, of, of glory. There are ancient gates that you've seen. And God was like, these ancient gates, these are these strongholds that you have allowed to enter your consciousness, your, your soul, and make you think it wasn't possible. It's not possible to make six digits. It's not possible to raise from the dead. It's not possible to be cured from cancer. And God says, open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter in. Why? Because he's the Lord God, our breaker. Generational curses, they're coming down. The thing that Lord was telling me, thing that, that, that families have struggled with for years. In 2023, those things are in if you obey God. 
curses of divorce in families, ancient gates open up. People after people in families addicted to the drugs, ancient gates open up. The king of glory will enter in. They're coming down. You will walk into the reality of premises given to your grandparents as you create pathways through prayer that will become your children's reality. This year, you're right, Chris, ancient gates were massive. It wasn't no little plywood. They're metal. I, I didn't pull that scripture in there because I didn't want to, I tried to keep my time, but it, it talks about the bringing down the iron gates. The, bringing down the iron gates. See, those things are, are, are done. And so when you read that second sentence of the, of the uh, prophecy, I have already opened up gates. Some of that, I'm telling you, is coming out of generations of poverty. We're coming out of that generation of fornication. We're coming out of that generation of, of addictions to pornography, to drugs, to alcohol, to abuse. We're coming out of that. It's both possible and it's passable. You have the ability to do it and the, the pathway has been cleared of all destruction. Jesus made it possible. The Holy Spirit makes it passable. He will teach you how to annihilate and walk through what God has already opened to you. And so you just ask God, God, I thank you that this year is a year that I am the, I am the breaker for my family. I'm going to be the one that ends this generational curse. I'm going to be the one that overcomes high blood pressure. I'm going to be the one that walks out uh, deliverance from diabetes. I'm going to be the one that says, you know what? Divorce ends here. I'm going to be the one that makes six digits. I'm going to be the one because God is saying, look, I have empowered you with my spirit. He says, in the beginning, God created all these things. He created man, male and female. He created them. He says he breathed into them. He made them in his image and his, and his likeness. Part of your mandate of management of existing on this earth is to take authority over your family and break off everything that's not like God. It's both possible and it's passable. Why? Because the breaker has gone before you. So this year, you will walk. See, and that's the other thing. Right now, it was, it was really, it was a sweet moment. Right now, and Pastor John says it all the time, we are walking in the reality of promises made to our grandparents. Promises and prayers made to our grandparents and prayers made by our grandparents. That's what we're experiencing, a lot of us. He said, but Lord says, you'll walk in that this year as you create pathways through prayer that will become your children's reality. See, there are some things that, that, that I'm going after that, that, that I may not see in my lifetime, right? But I am establishing pathways. I am breaking some things off so that it'll make Aiden's way easier, so it'll make Major's way easier, so it'll make Ava's way easier. The breaker has gone before me. Anything, I mean, I grew up in a country, and if you know anything about a pathway, the more it's traveled, the better it's visible. And see, we create pathways of generational wealth. The more my son understands the tithe, that understands giving to people, understands that money has 
two purposes, to bless God and to bless people. When he, The more he understands that, the more he participates in that, the more he does it as a child, the easier it is for him so that now what I didn't understand really till I was 18, he understands at eight. And so now he got seed in the ground as an eight-year-old. Now he's believing God for things, pathways for generations to come, the expectation for, for things to go through. I like that, Pastor Edwin. Yeah, the expectation for things to come through. Sometimes you're the ice-breaking ship, and sometimes you're the cargo ship. And see, you nobody has an issue being the cargo ship because that road is easy. But God's looking for some people willing to break up ground for the kingdom. God's looking for some people to go into some places that you may not like on your own to break up things for the kingdom. God wants you to take some jobs, move to some cities, say some things that may not be comfortable and popular, but it's meant to break up ground. Why? Because when I break up the ground, it makes it both possible and passable. If we don't confront sin in this earth, we don't make, we don't make heaven possible and passable. What do you mean by that? If we water down the gospel, and make it so convenient and so easy for people to receive it, and they don't have a standard for living, then there's nobody willing to break the ice. There's nobody willing to say, baby, I love you, but the way you live it don't please God. Baby, I love you, but you, you doing this doesn't please God. Baby, I love you, but that ain't sanctified holy living. That ain't set apart. It does take all of that to enter into God's best. And see, if nobody's ever willing to be an icebreaker, then they those souls can't come through as cargo ships because the gospel was never meant to be comfortable. It was meant to bring people into revelation of their need for Jesus. But if we water down the gospel and we make it convenient to people to live their sinful life, they will never come to revelation that they need a Lord. That's why you got to be willing to be your brother's keeper. That's why you got to be willing to lay hand on the sick. That's why you got to be willing to seek and to save those that are lost. That's why you got to check your friend when they say things that's not like the kingdom. That's why you got to check your friend when you know they live in life that's not holy to God. That's why you got to do those things because why? We're always pointing people back to Jesus. That's why I got to be debt free. Because then I don't have to worry about paying a mortgage. And it makes it real easy to pay somebody else's. But all of that, all of that, you got to be willing to be that for somebody else. You got to be willing to be that for somebody else. So 2023 is a year of seeing what God has said. All right. It's the year of seeing what God has said. The gates are open and the breaker has gone through giving you access to places you have never been or could go on your own. Neither people or circumstances control the doors. Access belongs to the Father. Neither people or circumstances control the doors. That access belongs to the Father. That's what you got to remember. Because I'll be on my job sometime. And I, don't, I mean, people sometimes, people listen to my job. I don't care. But listen. I'm not doing anything that compromises my character or the kingdom for the sake of a job. You, I ain't telling you, you do whatever. I'm not. Because at the end of the day, people do not control the doors in which I have access to. 
access belongs to the father. And so, so many times you may find yourself like, man, in your, in your, in your relationships, why? Because you have elevated your reputation above the will of the father. You've ever elevated your, ooh, I, I, can't, I can't make them mad because I may need them for a promotion one day. I may need them for a, a reference one day. I am, you always operate with people with the most professionalism, respect, courtesy, and empathy. You always do that. But you don't ever, ever, ever compromise your character when it comes down to the kingdom of God for the sake of a connection, because there's no connection better than the one you made to Jesus Christ. That's right, Courtney. I'm not compromising my access for people. I'm not doing it. So and here's the thing. As you navigate 2023, I'll leave you with this example. Some doors appear to be closed from a distance, but as you approach them, they stay open. Some doors are closed from a distance, but as you approach them, they open. I remember uh, when one of my kids were younger, we went, I think it was Best Buy or something. We went and we pulled up and it was like, uh, Daddy, they don't look open. It was early. They don't look open. And I'm like, oh, baby, they're open. Because in his mind, all he saw was a closed door. And I said, Let, let's just get out and let me show you something. And I said, walk up to the door. And he was walking and he'll look back at me. He was walking and he'll look up. I said, just keep walking, son. And then as he stepped on that mat, as he got closer, it opened. See, in 2023, you're going to have to live the 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 type life. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? Because that door may look closed from a distance, but as you work out that steadfastness, steadfastness, as you work out those abounding works in the Lord, as you work out knowing and being continually aware that your labor is not in vain, as you keep pushing towards the high calling of God, that door is going to open. It's going to open. The problem is, if you are 100 feet away, it don't need to be open. It opens when you get closer. And so many times the enemy gets us because we are looking from a distance. You're like, well, I can't do this because I can't do this because baby, pursue anyway. I want to encourage some of you tonight, pursue anyway. I, I know I don't have the degree, but I want to pursue anyway. I know I don't understand God's full plan, but I'm going to pursue anyway. The door is open. The ice has been broken. God has gone before me. I want to pursue anyway. I know that, that everybody in my family has had a divorce, but I'm going to pursue anyway. I understand the pain in my body right now, but I want to pursue healing anyway. Why? Because my labor is not futile and is not in vain. It is never wasted. And without purpose, it'll open when you get closer. What what's closer when your faith is fully developed? When the when you can see yourself possessing in your spiritual imagination that thing God told you can have, and it becomes so real to you, the pursuit ends because the mer the earth 
gives birth to the thing that you've seen. But you got to pursue anyway. You got to approach the door and get close enough so it'll open. All right. So that's the word for the night. Oh, man, we getting better. We're at one hour, two minutes. That's the word for the night, guys. Pursue anyway. God has made it both possible and passable. There's nothing in your life that's not possible and passable. Let me reframe that for, for some of y'all. You can't be out there wanting somebody else's spouse. That ain't possible. That ain't passable. You can't be out there wanting to rob a bank. All right. Things that line up with the kingdom of God. You cannot be out there being disobedient to God every day and think things are going to be possible and passable. They don't line up. They don't line up. You ain't walking towards the door. That's like saying I'm going to Best Buy, but then uh, you walk away from the door. That's what disobedience does. Every time I'm disobedient, is me taking a step away from the door. All right. So that's what's happening. All right. Let's go over these announcements so that we can get up out of here tonight. I hope you are blessed by the word, guys. I'm, I'm telling you, spend time with that, uh, the word of God. I have already opened up gates and released supernatural power. For Kimberly, I've already opened up gates and released supernatural power for Amy. I've already opened up, make it personal. I mean, when I read that, God has already opened up gates and released supernatural power for Ralph. There's nothing that Ralph needs that Ralph doesn't already have. So I thank you, God, that you have made this next step in my life both possible and passable. I thank you that you have put See, that's what our fathers of faith did. They were icebreakers. They went through. Abraham was an icebreaker, right? Uh, Isaac was, they were icebreakers. They showed us what faith could do if you just step to it, if you just pursue anyway. When you consider not the deadness of Sarah's womb and you pursue anyway, when you consider not the age and the fact that you ain't never had a kid, but you pursue anyway, when you get to the river and Pharaoh's army is behind you, but you know God told you that he'll protect you, you pursue anyway, you stretch out the rod and it just parts. Why? Because God has already gone through, he's opened up the door and there is no, he has burst all confinements. So that means anything that gets in your way as, as you pursue God is going to get it out your way. Why? Because the breaker, Micah 2, has gone before you. All right. So this is what I want y'all to do. I want you to catch us Friday morning. I want you to catch us Friday morning for Champion Circle Prayer. All right. And then I want you to come back uh, Sunday morning for Pastor Chris and Elder Valley at nine o'clock for worship. And then join Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean for Sunday celebration. And then on Monday, you got Pastor Sean again for strategy success on her personal and professional page as well as YouTube, all right? And then Tuesday is a night off. And then Wednesday is our triple header. We got seven o'clock prayer. We got 715 Ignite. And Victory Zone is on demand. Hey, y'all go go check out the new series, Chill. Some of y'all adults need to read that. I mean, let's do it. I, I was blessed because I do some.